One of the great traditions in our country is the celebration of this day, of Independence Day. Last night, Jonah and Elijah and I went out about uh, 9.15 and headed over to Pearson Park. We have a little spot that we've staked out before where we park kind of on the back side of the park there off of 59th, I think it is. And we look over as they shoot off the fireworks. The, the ladies in our house thought it was too late. It was time for bed, so it was just the three of us. So we're a little, a little tired today, but we enjoyed seeing, seeing those fireworks. Maybe there are other traditions that you have now or that you've had in the past in regard to your celebration of this day. I was thinking there as we were watching the fireworks all that went in to the creation of the United States, to or of the boldness of those who signed the Declaration of Independence, knowing that they could quite possibly be signing their death sentence, and yet still being willing to sign their name. One of the boys was asking me last night, why, why do they do this on the third and not the fourth? I didn't really have a good answer. I, I don't know exactly what the thinking of the Turner Rec Center is. I think they're the primary sponsor of it. But it's never the fourth. That got me to thinking, though, about something else that I was reading this week. And that is, there's an argument to be made that July 2nd could be the day that we engage in this celebration. Because July 2nd, 1776, 245 and two days ago, 245 years and two days ago, was when the Continental Congress gathered in Philadelphia and voted, voted to separate from Great Britain. Believe it or not, you could say that July 2nd is actually the anniversary of the independence of our 13 American colonies from Great Britain. In fact, on July 3rd, whoops, too far. On July 3rd, John Adams, one of our founding fathers, then one of the delegates from Massachusetts, wrote to his wife Abigail these words. The second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable epoch. I'm not sure what that word even means. In the history of America, I'm apt to believe that it, July 2nd, will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and, and illuminations from one end of this continent to, other, to the other from this time forward forevermore. Adam's got it right in regard to part of what makes up the celebration, but he didn't have the date right. He thought it would be the second. However, it was two days after July 4th, today, that the Continental Congress voted to adopt a Declaration of Independence. The document lays out the arguments for why the leaders of the 13 colonies believe that they should, sell, that they should separate from Great Britain. It starts out by saying 
that in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitles them. They outline why they believe that Britain did not have a legitimate uh, rule over them. Then we hear the famous words from that document, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. After that main prologue of the Declaration, what really sets the Declaration apart it how, is how it lays out an argument for specifically against the king in Great Britain. It charges the king in line after line with negligence against his subjects. I was reviewing someone who had, who had considered some of the specific verbs leveled against the king against which they were revolting. They accused the king of tyranny. And in justification for independence, words like forbidden, cut off, deprived, obstructed, taken away, abdicated, constrained, restricted, abolished, suspended, kept, plundered, imposed, and refused are all used. Great, great writing in that time of history. The eloquence and power and ultimately the result of that declaration certainly makes this day, this day in which we remember those who signed their names on that declaration certainly makes it worth celebrating. I was thinking about those, that document in contrast to a brief, most of our passages the last few weeks have been very lengthy, Today is not. I was thinking about it in, in contrast to a brief reading from Matthew's Gospel. From Matthew 10. Just three verses. In which Jesus says to his disciples, Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward, and the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. So in the Declaration of Independence, we, we read all these verbs about the king that have led ultimately to the rejection of his rule and the desire for these people to support an attempt at a life of freedom. In the meantime, in this short section of Matthew's Gospel, we have words of wisdom about the nature instead of rejecting, of receiving and welcoming. You note even up there the repetition of the word receives. This short section is part of a larger discourse in Matthew that Jesus has been having with his disciples about the nature of discipleship and what following him may look like, what submitting to Jesus as king may entail for his disciples. In the passage that immediately precedes this one, Jesus is talking about the trials and, and difficulties 
that the disciples will encounter as they go out into the world to spread the good news about the kingdom of God and about Jesus initiating that kingdom through his reconciling love. And then Jesus kind of shifts from that, oh, kind of the, 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 the dark side of discipleship or the tough parts of following Jesus to talk more about how the disciples should be received by people. He says that those who encounter the disciples should welcome them. He makes no promise that that will actually happen. He just says that they should. He paints a picture in which those who understand what Jesus is initiating and understand what the arrival of the kingdom of God means creates a community of of hospitality and warmness and, and generosity. What about us? What about us as those who follow Jesus? As those who, though proud to be Americans and thankful for our freedom, remember and recognize that we are under the kingship of Jesus by our own choice, by the submission of our own will, that our ultimate allegiance must be to him. Jesus asks us, as we live in the United States and represent him as his people and live as salt and light, to make sure, to make sure that we are people who are welcoming. Not just in our homes, so to speak, but in our, in our hearts. That we should consider those around us, as, as Jesus used the phrase, the, the little ones. Those who are easy to overlook or, or push to the side. There is no argument to be, that could be made that Jesus did not have a very specific and intentional approach to the marginalized in his society. To those who were easier to ignore or pretend didn't exist or kind of, kind of shoo away. That was one of the main concerns that the religious leaders had about Jesus' ministry. He eats with the, with the tax collectors and, and, and sinners and the people that, that just don't fit in in the way that we would expect the people of God to live. That was a major focus of, of Jesus' ministry. John Adams in his letter to his wife right after the vote to separate the colonies from Great Britain, predicted what would happen in the future. That it would be July 2nd. That would be the day of great celebration. Sometimes things don't end up the way that we think they will, do they? Sometimes we're not able to see the big picture that that God can see or that the events of life will lead to. It's interesting to note that prediction when thinking about how uh, prominent or responsible John Adams was in guiding the Continental Congress to the point where they were able to vote for independence. His wisdom helped bring about American independence, but he couldn't quite predict when we would have fireworks and barbecue to celebrate that accomplishment. And that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes, sometimes, as God's people and trying to follow 
the teachings of Jesus, sometimes we get it wrong, don't we? Sometimes we, we miss the boat. Sometimes we don't understand exactly what's happening in the moment. But yet we are called to continue in the teaching of Jesus. To continue in giving water to those who need it. Sometimes in a very literal way, sometimes more figuratively. In reaching out to those who God has placed in our lives. In recognizing that the gospel asks us, to welcome not just each other, but those who need our help, those who need the love of God. And Jesus explained to his disciples that when we are welcoming and loving to others, we will be rewarded. Not with somehow earning God's deeper love or earning God's favor. That's not the way it works. But we are rewarded as we are shaped into the image of Christ in this world. As we are formed and and, and formed into and formed within the wider and deeper and larger body of Christ. Giving us opportunity to be the healing presence that God has called us to be as his church in the United States. As his church right here in Kansas City, Kansas. Our reward ultimately is for us to be made into that which God has called us and intended us to be. So on this day, when we remember our political and civil freedom, it is vital. It is vital that we also pause to recall the spiritual freedom that we hold in the Lord. As Bill read earlier, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's the freedom to get things wrong, right? That we are still a people of grace. We are still a people that God is gracious to. And we, we learn and we do better next time. Sometimes it is freedom, well, all the time, it is freedom from the curse of sin, knowing that we have received forgiveness in the Lord Jesus. And then it is learning to live out that freedom in our lives. That, that we, are, we are not controlled by the flesh. We are not constrained by our natural reaction. When we are wronged, we may be hurt, but we don't have to respond as the world does. We are free because of the spirit that lives within us. May we this day live out true freedom in Christ.